You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers capture their fourth straight victory on the road against Minnesota, 61-57 to in a game that was a little bit closer than folks expected, certainly than we hoped. Uh, once we found out the news that Minnesota would be without Dawson Garcia and one of their other big guys, but then, of course, we found out that head coach Mike Woodson would not be coaching the game because of COVID. So Indiana went on the road without their head coach against a beleaguered Minnesota team that, to their credit, I thought really played hard and probably maximized what they could do with the personnel that they had and took a lead on Indiana late and really put a lot of game pressure on the Hoosiers. And to Indiana's credit, they didn't panic. They made free throws when they needed to. They got big plays when they needed to. And all that matters is they came away with a win. It wasn't perfect. We'll break down the good. We'll break down the bad. But Indiana won a road game without their head coach. Uh, And so I think we can all exhale and just keep on moving here. There were going to be nights where things didn't look as pretty as it did against Wisconsin and Illinois and Michigan State. This was one of those nights, and Indiana was still able to win because we have Trace Jackson Davis, and they don't. And we'll talk a lot about that as we go through here. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and the other coach, Jeff Marlowe. We're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And I think there's only one moment that you can go to here. It's 57-56 Minnesota. Uh, Trace finds Race Thompson underneath. Race gets fouled on the shot. He steps up, makes the first free throw, misses the second one, and Trace Jackson Davis doing what he did all night, grabbing a rebound and getting a bucket. He gets the rebound, gets the bucket. It puts Indiana up 59-57. to Minnesota would go uh, down on the other end, miss a three, and Miller Kopp with a great hustle play. And this is a night when, you know, Minnesota really, you know, got to more of the 50-50 balls and just seemed to be out hustling and out working Indiana for a lot of the night. But Miller Kopp got a 50-50 ball when he needed to with 20 seconds to go. Trey Galloway would end up hitting a couple free throws to ice it. But Trace Jackson Davis, you know, that play really encapsulated just what he did tonight. Uh, 25 points, 21 rebounds, six block shots, several of those block shots late when you know Minnesota had what looked like a point-blank opportunity at the rim and Trace would just come erase it, he was spectacular. Just another game to add to you know the evidence that he is an All-American, one of the best players in the Big Ten, one of the best players in the country. You know, Not a lot of guys stepped up tonight. Miller Kopp stepped up in the first half. Malik Renew stepped up in the first half scoring-wise. Not a lot of other guys did in the second half. Trace had to put his team on his back and he really kind of had a way about him in the second half that was I refuse to let us lose this game and ultimately that's exactly what happened and Indiana escapes the barn with a 61 to 57 victory on the back of its excellent excellent all-american okay let's talk now about our presenting sponsor And our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And once again, you know, we can give the credit to Trace. We can, you know, give the credit to Trey Galloway for making those free throws. Got to give a little credit to the Homefield Magic. 
The shirt is 6-0. It is undefeated. Women's games, men's games. I've got my IU Women's 1983 shirt on. Let Homefield Magic work for you. Go to homefieldapparel.com. You can find the largest selection of vintage IU apparel anywhere. They're always adding new stuff, just some great hoodies, some great crewnecks for the winter, some excellent T-shirts to get you ready for spring when it comes around. And the great thing is, no matter who you're shopping for, yourself, someone else, as long as they have a college that they like, or even if they just like stylish, comfortable T-shirts, there's going to be something for them at Home Field Apparel. And you can use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off your order. Once again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Check them out. Get your Indiana gear there. Promo code HOME for 15% off. Wear one for the team. Okay, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And Coach Tonsoni, it is Tonsoni time. What is on your mind? <laughs> hey, we got a victory. Uh, no, I, I'm okay. Yeah, this is a great, uh, a great win when your your execution was bad uh, offensively and, and, and struggled. I thought the game plan was okay. I thought they ran some interesting stuff against the zone. I just thought the players had a tough night. And you'll have that in in the Big Ten. And, you know, not only do we know that those two players were out, but uh, sometimes 22, 19-year-olds know that those two players are out. And it's not intentional that they come out. But you could tell by the 50-50 balls uh, early that they just were a little bit off uh, and a little bit flat. Now, that's not a lack of – want to that's not pointing fingers that 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 happens in a 30 some game season it, you don't have to like it. it it's not good you don't want to have any games like that but you do and so the recipe for this indiana team under coach woodson which i like is you got to play solid defense because defense will win especially on nights when your offense doesn't travel and the offense didn't really travel other than outstanding play uh in spurts uh obviously trace jackson davis some big shots hit at, at key moments but what I will tell everyone to relax a little bit with uh, about this performance is everyone who struggled throughout the game made contributions at some point, especially down the stretch. Trey Galloway really had an off night, hits a big three, hits two big free throws. Uh, Miller Cop was hesitant shooting after getting off to a good start, dives on the ball for a loose ball. That's Indiana basketball. That's winning basketball on a night where, uh, okay, if it's not a pretty basketball for 36 minutes you don't want anyone to hang their heads this team did not hang their heads on the offensive frustration I thought they played outstanding defense battle hit some incredible shots uh, they got some loose balls but they never let it got in, get into their psyche where they weren't in position to win and they found a way to win for me that's so different than the three-game losing streak uh, and that uh, I am absolutely excited that we were able to pull out a game that maybe we didn't deserve to win Maybe it was ugly, but winning ugly is a lot better than losing pretty. <laughs> Agree 100%, Coach. All right, over to Coach Marlowe. Your thoughts on this Indiana victory? Well, I'm going to agree with Coach Tonsoni on a couple things. A win is a win, and and we found a way. This is a program, Coach Tonsoni, Jared, that I've been with you guys, what, a couple years now coming on the show. How many times have we come on here and complained about how this program can't grind out wins on the road? And here tonight wasn't pretty. They didn't play their best basketball. And coach, I agree. You you aren't always going to have your A plus game. Some nights you got if you're going to be a championship contender, you got to be able to go out on the road and you got to win with maybe your B minus C plus game. And they did that tonight. So give them credit that they found a way to win. 
we're going to talk about some of the things we talked about before we came on the air. There are some questionable things that we saw tonight. The only thing I'll disagree with Coach on a little bit is I didn't think the defense was very good through most of the first half. I, I thought they were. I didn't think they were connected. I thought they were allowing too much dribble penetration. I thought they were letting people get set up and shoot the three a little bit easier than we had seen over the three game streak. Now it was. I agree with Coach. It was better than it was during that three game losing streak. But I thought they finally got more locked in as the game went along. And then the last five six minutes, I thought defensively they were pretty solid. And like coach said, Minnesota hit a couple tough shots down that stretch, but like, uh, but you found a way to win. And I thought this was a trap game. I really did. We had come off three in a row, really kind of emotional games where they knew they had to win. If they had any hope to get back into any semblance of the conference race. And then you're going to a Minnesota team that's struggling on, you know, missing two of their best players. I, I just was really afraid of this game all along. And they came out a little flat and 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 just didn't seem to have much energy as, as jared said they lost in my opinion until the very end i thought they lost every 50 50 ball i really felt like they got out hustled a, a bunch tonight but to their credit they made just enough plays to win in the end yeah and look there's gonna be some games like this through a 20 game big 10 season and are you going to come out on the positive end and win when you have your C-plus game or whatever it is? Or is it going to end up going down as a really, really bad loss? You know, yeah, you know, Indiana was favored by 10. We all would have liked to see a nice 15, 20-point victory and Trace can sit for the last five or six minutes and get rest. But you know what, man? Minnesota really came to compete. And I really think as much as we are frustrated with the way that Indiana played, and I think that's fair, you know, Indiana had three really good games against Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan State. It's tough to do that game after game after game, right? And so Indiana didn't quite have its juice. I thought Minnesota did. I really thought Ben Johnson coached a good game in terms of, here's what I have. I'm limited. We need to shorten possessions. You know, we've got to get the ball to Jamison Battle. Like, I thought they did a lot of things to maximize what few strengths they had. Um, and so I'm going to give them credit because I really thought that they came to play. Now, we should still be able to beat them, even if, you know, the personnel that they had played, you know, as good as they can, which given some of the tough shots they hit, you could almost say that. So if I'm a Minnesota fan, I'm feeling happy at what my team did and what my coach did. But as an Indiana fan, despite the warts, I think you got to feel good about being able to get this win. And you feel good because Trace Jackson Davis, once again, showed the evolution that we've been looking for from him. You know, I thought in the first half, Trace was a little more casual than we've seen him. You know, he has been such a strong finisher. He was a little casual finishing. You know, he had nine points and 11 boards, but it just kind of felt like this isn't quite the same Trace that we've seen. And I thought he came out at the start of the second half and was just ready to put the team on his back. It's like, okay, you know, let's do this now, you know, we weren't able to get any separation because no one else was really able to get going. But when plays needed to be made there in the second half and at the very end of the game, he was there to make them. And so a huge tip of the cap to him because we've wanted Trace in games like this where nothing's going right. It's like, hey, sometimes when you're the best player, you've got to lead. And especially tonight without your coach there, they really needed this from him. And he gave you exactly what you needed in the second half and down the stretch to get that victory. And so I just, you know... Look, I don't – I mean, the stats are unbelievable. 25 points, 21 boards, six blocks. You know, the game is going to be easily forgotten and probably never spoken of again. But this is a really impressive Trace Jackson Davis game for me because that's what your best player has to do sometimes. And he did it, and it's just another step in his evolution, Coach. 
Yeah. Which, which coach? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tra- Trace is, is tremendous, and, and and I'm guilty of expecting you know 40 points and 30 rebounds and 20 assists. Uh, and when he misses a bunny, you're like, oh man, what's wrong with with, with Trace? I think we got to guard against that. You know, this was a fantastic performance. But I do agree that it, that he was part of that a little juiceless uh, effort in in mm-hmm. in the first half. Uh, you know, rebounding as well, and that it just it just seemed like. Uh, they didn't have quite the the energy and the flow that they needed, and he was part of that. Uh, um, but boy, did he respond! And he and and you want your leader to lead by example, uh, by by the way he played. And nothing's better than getting that free throw rebound and that putback. Um, you know, and, and he's he's got to learn how to handle. I mean, he's been there, great leader for for a while. But like he did that behind the back, between the legs, turnover, threw three people in the zone. In, at the four-minute mark or something, that wasn't a good decision. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can feel that pressure and try to do too much uh, because you're you're the you're the guy. And when we talk zone offense, I, I'm interested to see Coach Marlowe saying too is I think the ball needs to go inside as much as possible too. But I think our emphasis on going inside made our perimeters hesitate to not be ready to catch uh, and shoot, and they missed some opportunities to hit some threes. You you want a predominant. Uh, amount of time, ball going high post and the low post, but you also need to be able to hit some outside shots. And I thought Indiana was uh, a little lifeless uh, in moving the ball uh, against that zone, which would have helped again get that ball inside. But I think Trace Trace was uh, fantastic. He's so tough to score upon too, as, as someone who is a rim protector. And he he basically willed Indiana to come back in after the the forty seven forty lead evaporated, uh, but. Um, yeah, Trace is fantastic. Coach Marlowe, what did you see from an offensive perspective? You know, obviously Minnesota played that zone, which you kind of expected given that Garcia was out and their other center was out. And it really seemed for stretches like Indiana was able to get really good shots and they weren't making them. But when Indiana was patient and kind of did the things that they were supposed to do, they would get good shots. But then you also saw that stretch there in the back half of the second half where, you know, it's a Jalen Huchifino mid-range, and then it's Miller Cobb shooting a running shot off one foot, and then it's Trey Galloway driving, and Trace just isn't getting any touches, you know? And so what did you see from an offensive standpoint that you liked, and what did you see that you disliked? Well, I'll start with the dislike. I, it was exactly what you were talking about. I thought there were several times tonight, first half and second half, but especially that stretch you just mentioned, we took some quick shots. We we had the ball, and rather than making sure that Trace at least got a touch, I agree with Coach. I like going inside, but I think you go inside out for your threes. I do agree. When The couple times we did that, I thought Miller, especially, who had buried some in the first half, got real hesitant to shoot it in the second half, and then nobody else was hitting. So everybody else was real hesitant, like, I don't want it, you take it. And, and we kind of saw that creep back in there a little bit tonight. But I really did, like, Coach, I'd kind of get interested in what you thought. I really loved the ball screen action again on the zone, where they would bring and screen the the the, the guard on the zone to allow Jalen to get in there. I started using that a little bit my last three or four years I was coaching. I really loved that action of getting a, getting a screen. You know, I grew up Bob Knight, you know, basketball. Get into the seam. Get you know, bring two people to you, kick it to the next open person. I really came to that. Love the screening action because it puts you in a two on one or a three on two against the zone, and now they've got to pick and choose. And especially if you can put a shooter out in the corner. But I agree, they should have been getting Trace a touch every trip down the floor the last five, six, seven minutes of the game, and that part I didn't like. But I also think sometimes 
and I, and I'm not there, so I can't hear the game, obviously what they're saying on the floor, but sometimes trace may not be as vocal enough. I'm just saying from what I see on TV, maybe he's not demanding the ball. Like give me the ball. I'm hoping give it to me and then I'll make a good decision. But I also thought there were a couple of times that we didn't feed him real well. We, we put him in some bad spots with the, what should have been a post feed, ended up being a mid post feed. So there was a lot of things I liked. I really did. I liked him getting into the lane. I didn't like the little floater. I, I'm old school. I like to see him go up off two feet, get their feet and shoulders squared up and, and underneath them. But there were some things I liked. And obviously the things I didn't like that coach pointed out and you pointed out those that stretch there where we, when the game's online, you got to at least get trace a touch. I've come to believe that trace will make a good decision with the ball. I know like coach said, he had that turnover with about four minutes to go, but more times than not anymore, he makes the right decision with the ball. When he's settled in the half court, when he's bringing it up in a yeah. transition situation, the decision-making is still a little suspect because the ball handling, what? he doesn't have quite have the confidence in the ball handling, but yeah, go coach. Yeah, there, there's several ways to beat the zone. One is you beat it down the court. And I thought Indiana tried to do that, but they didn't play smart. And that's those quick shots. It's one thing to race down the court. If you get an open look in the post or a three, take it before the zone can get set up. But we were taking uh, our shot selection inside that uh, in pace was not very good. And those early shots that, that you talk about, Coach Marlowe, absolutely. Um, I thought our guards at times were hunting for shots early in the shot clock and early in transition. But that's one way you beat the zone. And the other way you beat the zone is going inside, which we did, or you penetrate, which we tried to do a little bit, or you shoot over a zone. Uh, and, and those are, you know, you got to pick what your team can do and find things. But I thought IU ran excellent actions. I really like where they stick a guy in like the 1-3-1 offense at the high post and they, they dribble out and they pop out that uh, to, to make it a four-out, one-in. They really were able to get the ball into TJD quite easy when they ran that action. And I'm with you. I love screening the zone. And they ran two different ball screens tonight. They ran a little center slice, uh, I call it slice, where the low post screens the center and Trace Jackson Davis. I think that might have been early out of a timeout. At, I, I, I'm not sure when that was, but I noticed it. And they, they ran that baseline that got Galloway a shot. Uh, and, uh, but, yeah, that, that one ball screen and a flare screen was really nice. But you got to question a little bit, why are they having Galloway in that spot? Why not have Galloway? cop in that spot <laughs> but they were having cop run the baseline that back action was running the baseline so I thought this was a, a well thought out game plan it just came down to the players struggled tonight and then they got hesitant and then they got maybe sped up at times um, the players weren't it wasn't anything you know I, I don't want anyone to say that all oh, the players didn't want to want to want it hard enough or didn't. no they just sometimes bad. you make bad decisions they, they they miss shots and they mad made bad decisions in passing lazy and, and doing those, those things can be corrected. And if you're going to have a game like that, you might as well win it. Uh, <laughs> and the fact is they executed down the stretch when it, when it mattered. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a great film session because there's not going to be a whole lot that's happy about the film session. But, damn, we won. Yeah, I so think we need to be happy about that. I, I've been the biggest critique of what, what Indiana does. Uh, offense. I don't think that – I thought it was a game plan. Coach Woodson probably obviously put it together. He couldn't be there. Uh, and I, I want to talk at some point about what Coach Yaw was going through because uh, when yeah. I was at Western, I had to fill in for our head coach twice, and, and I'm glad to do it, but it is nerve-wracking. I mean, oh. uh, I, I think he's uh, taking a, a deep breath uh, right now that he was able to pull that out as an assistant coach taking taking the lead. Hold that thought. We're going to talk I about have, that in segment two because that is, that I, is I, definitely I, a great topic to get your perspective on. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about here in segment one is Jalen Hood-Shafino, 
who has now had five straight halves where he has really struggled with a shot. You know, he didn't do much in the second half of the Illinois game. Obviously didn't score a lot against Michigan State and really struggled tonight just going two for 11. Now, he looked healthy, which is good because that was kind of a lingering question coming out of the Michigan State game. He rebounded well, you know, six rebounds, four assists, two steals. Like, he did some good things tonight. And, you know, I thought he had some good moments offensively of getting Indiana into its stuff, but his shot was a little bit off, and it just seemed like he was kind of in between on a couple shots, forced a few shots. Coach, what are you, Coach Tonsoni, what are you seeing from Jalen? Because, you know, Indiana's been able to win without his offense for these last five halves, but as we continue to look forward down the back half of Big Ten play, you're going to need to get him going again. The Indiana needs his yeah. scoring as kind of a consistent, you know, second guy to trace. Yeah, I, I agree. It would be nice to see him hit shots, but man, he 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 plays well. I mean, he's just smooth. Um, when when he gets rushed up and tries too hard, he takes quick shots and he turns the ball over. That's a freshman guard with NBA skills. Um, and so you you know you want to see that improve here. It's halfway through the season. You're halfway towards your sophomore year or the NBA draft or wherever you're heading. We'd like to see that improve, and and we still see that happen in bunches. I think uh, a little bit too much, but man. Uh, He's good. Uh, that that alley oop was key. It just <laughs> deflated awesome. the building. Uh, but a lot of players can't make that play. Uh, that that's that's an instinctual NBA type type play. I thought his defense was pretty good. He got beat staring at the ball one time on the back. Uh, but that was what you said about Minnesota. They know Indiana was ball centric on defense and ball watches, and they were cutting from the corner. They back cut a couple times. Only one time did they get it. But uh, you do have to give credit for Minnesota for that. So. Uh, he he struggles in some areas, but I think he's someone we need to appreciate too because, uh, you know, without X, we're winning games because he's running the show, uh, and we can't play without him. And his shooting to me is icing on the cake. Uh, unfortunately, we might need that icing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, in order to compete for the Big Ten title and, and, and the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA, that's a heck of a lot to ask for a freshman. But to come in and run the point like that. I'm very happy with his play, despite uh, obvious uh, areas that that he needs to needs to be. But uh, you know, he, he if he tightens up his shot selection, I think that shooting percentage would go up. Uh, but maybe he feels that pressure to try to do a little too much uh, on the break or or other things. And uh, no, I I I just cherish watching him. Uh, so I, I I don't have a whole lot of critique. Nice, yeah. Coach Marlowe, your thoughts on Jalen. I didn't think I'd ever hear the word cherish on assembly call, um, but I'm a wordsmith. Uh, <laughs> I've come to realize that coach. Hey, but seriously, I think Jalen, I think for Jalen and again, I'm, I'm kind of giving you a coaching speak from a far away. He strikes me as one of those players that if he can hit his first set, first or second shot, he's going to go for that night. If he doesn't hit his first couple shots, he kind of seems like he gets to where he, he almost overthinks what he's doing on the offensive end. But like coach or like Jared said, you know, he had six rebounds. He had four assists. He only had one turnover. Right. So four to one on assist to turnover ratio. And I'll take that from a freshman point guard any day of the week, but his ball screen pressure was his ball pressure was great all night. Disrupting that ball screen action too. Yep. And, Sorry. And I just, I, yeah, you're fine. I just, I, I'm not going to critique too much of him. I thought he played pretty well, but it just, he's not get, doing much offensively because I think he misses his first couple shots and then he kind of really gets into his own head a little bit about it. And I think that's the one thing we're waiting for that coach talks about is to get to that point of, 
oh, what? I missed a couple. I'm going to hit my next three or four in a row. And, and you don't worry about it. But I think he's still, you know, there are players like that, that, you know, they just kind of feel better about themselves if they can hit their first shot or two and not think about, about it as the game goes along. And the reality with Jalen is we didn't expect him to be a big scorer as a right. freshman. That was not his reputation. Right. But when X went out, he just started hitting everything. You know, now Indiana wasn't winning those games, but he really, you know, started scoring well and obviously had a, you know, that big stretch in the first half of the Illinois game. And so it's just, you know, it's one of those things. I think we started to get comfortable with the fact that, okay, Trace is our leading scorer. Jalen's going to be that next guy. Who's the third guy? But it really may be, okay, we have Trace and we just need two, three, four other guys to step up depending on the game. You know, that almost looks like it's kind of going to be more the formula for this team because that's what we've seen in this winning streak. I got I got one more thing. and This might be a meaningful moment we might have missed, but I love this. Like when that dude from Minnesota was pushing Malik, Hood Shafino got in there and just pointed yes. at him and held that hand and just said, you, 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 right? What's he do the next time? That guy's bringing the ball up. And he goes and he gets in his grill and he just hits him with his chest and he's like, I'm going to be here. You're going to talk to my guy, my, my Mount Verde guy, my Indiana Hoosier guy. I'm going to file you. Now, it might not have been a smart play because we were in a double bonus, but the dude misses two free throws. Like, give me that guy, you know, uh, in my foxhole. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. want Jalen Hood Shafino in my foxhole uh, because and he's going to have my back. Yeah. And, Coach, I'll agree with that. And I thought that was one thing. I was watching you guys on the Michigan State postgame show. That team on Saturday had a chip on its shoulder. They right. weren't taking any crap. And that's the IU team I grew up watching and you grew up watching and Jerry yes. grew up watching. Those guys for night didn't take crap from anybody. I so love that. Yeah, Miller got a foul there on that Michigan State game. I'm sure people were like, oh, I love that. It showed that they were going to stand up for themselves on the floor. And, and that's what we need. Only one point out this. I know we're trying to get a break. But Jalen has to also feel lucky that Trace Jackson Davis has his has his, uh, has his his hops because I'm not sure very many guys in America could have actually got to that alley. It was, it was like he was on a trampoline. That was incredible. Marlo, you, you and I could have got to that, but we would to need a step ladder or three or maybe an extension ladder. That's the only way we're getting to that. Okay. That's a, or the, at the meetup. the trampoline. At the meetup, yeah. Coach Tonsoni and Coach Marlowe recreating the Jalen Huchifino to Trace Jackson Davis alley-oop on a six-foot hoop. Yeah. That'll be that'll <laughs> We be might need game. a four-foot hoop. Uh, <laughs> all right, Coach, you mentioned Malik Renew. Hold that thought because we're going to talk about yeah. him here coming up uh, on the Assembly Call as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's four-point cloche victory uh, over Minnesota. We'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Jawan Morgan. What's the only thing better than getting IU's first triple-double in 47 years? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Juwan. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach Brian Tonsoni and the coach Jeff Marlowe, and we are breaking down Indiana's four-point victory over Minnesota on Wednesday night, and it is the top of segment two, and you know what that means. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. Yes, it is time for today's meaningful moment that you might have missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. So guys, as we think back to the first half, uh, you know, Really just kind of a sluggish half for Indiana. And Minnesota ends up building uh, a 24 to 18 point, uh, 24 to 18 lead. That might have been their biggest lead of the half. Uh, but I thought the game, the first half really changed when Malik Renew uh, got in the game. I thought he really provided Indiana a boost uh, in the first half. And, you know, he was my pick to click tonight. And I thought it was relatively easy to see how he could take advantage with Minnesota missing a couple of its big guys. You know, they don't give up a whole lot of three pointers. This really seemed like a game where Malik could shine, you know, and we expected race to get fewer minutes than he did. We'll talk about that. But, you know, I thought he came in and contributed in a lot of ways. You know, the first possession he was in, he set a great screen that Jalen used to get a mid-range jumper. uh, And then, you know, just proceeded to score in a number of different ways. You know, back to the basket, hit a little jump hook, you know, had one from a little bit farther out. And what we continue to see from him, Coach Tonsoni, is, you know, confidence and patience. Where it really felt like for a while, especially on the road, he would get so sped up, you know, with, with everything every time he got the ball. Um, and tonight that didn't happen. And I don't think he committed a foul in the first half either playing 12 minutes. And so he was an excellent compliment for Trace Jackson Davis, you know, as the two of them, uh, combined, I think for 19 points, uh, 19 of Indiana's 33 points in the first half, um, you know, and just continued to show the development that you want to see. Uh, now the other meaningful moment is he came in in the second half, played one defensive possession, I thought moved his feet pretty well on the first drive by the guy. The next drive, he gets called for a foul, gets taken out. And I think that was all he played in the second half. Uh, That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, given how well he played in the first half. Maybe it's just a trust thing on the road. You go with your veterans. You know, I'm sure Coach Yell will probably be asked about that uh, in the postgame. But I thought, you know, despite not getting a lot of minutes in the second half, which I think could have been helpful, uh, he was a big part of turning the tide in the first half and continues to show what you want to see from him down the stretch as a guy who can be a really impactful player for Indiana. Yeah, I, I thought Malik played um, the game a little slower with his feet and, and his body and got his shoulder square to the basket. Uh, that's when he's his best uh, offensively. I thought he had had a nice couple nice plays in the high post against the zone. 
mm-hmm. was very patient one time and and, and shot putted one up and it, it, it bounced around, hit the backboard and fell in. But I, but I thought he he was really good. Uh, he did come in and, and it was two drives in a row that he got beat. And I and I understand what you're saying, and I would like to see Malik play a, a lot more minutes as well. But I, I thought the key was race's defense uh, down the stretch. Yes, uh, Battle hit a couple um, crazy shots. They had a two in the corner and then that deep three. But, boy, I thought race was really, really, really given great effort, especially coming off, uh, off of an injury. And you got to ride the hot hand defensively as well as offensively. Uh, I, we all – pay attention to how how many points guys are putting in the basket and but sometimes you got to ride a hot hand defensively as well and I thought one of the key decisions was uh to leave race in the game because the way he was physical um and, and I thought there was another adjustment late where they were switching up on screens when they switched they weren't switching flat they were switching and getting up into battle not letting him get any room and they did that a little late probably uh, but, but yeah, this is good. Malik's had a run now of games where he's starting to find himself again, and I think you'll find more minutes. Geronimo struggled tonight uh, in, in almost every asset of the of the game, and you don't like to see that. But uh, there's competition now. If Race is coming back to be that backup, I think Renew uh, provides enough, and I thought today was a, a, a good game uh, for him overall. Coach, yeah, definitely had a quick hook with young guys making mistakes. I think CJ turned it over in the first half. He got yanked. You know, Malik commits that foul. I guess, you know, I agree with you about race. You know, he, you know, struggled offensively. And I think you could tell there at the end when he's trying to finish, he didn't have, you know, legs on some of those putbacks. But he was playing good defense. And, you know, Jamison Battle is known as a guy who can make tough shots. His offense has just fallen off a cliff this season as he's battled injuries. But he was back to being Jamison Battle tonight where he can be totally covered and he can make those shots. And those were going in. Um, Sometimes the defense was good. I just thought, especially during some of those stretches when Indiana was struggling offensively, you know, giving Malik a few minutes in there to help contribute offensively. Right. And I just, you know, I just worry sometimes about a young guy. He plays for 30 seconds and you pull him out. You've been building confidence, building confidence, building confidence. Maybe it doesn't mean anything because it's the assistant coach doing it. And that's not going to translate to when Woody is there. Um, But it just seemed like kind of an odd decision to make, given how well he had played in the first half to pull him so quickly like that. But, you know, again, you can't coach angry. You can't coach angry. If you do, you're going to lose your team at some point. But, uh, again, you know, uh, when you're the assistant coach in charge of winning on the road against the worst team in the Big Ten, you're going to worry about that on the flight home, sit next to those two guys, get them an extra cheeseburger, and say, man, yeah, I I missed some playing time, and and all will be well. So, okay, so give us us that perspective. I I mean, what's that like, being the guy who's filling in for the head coach who's not there? Oh, it's – it's exhilarating because for me, I, I have, I did that for 10 years and now I get a chance to go back and do it. Um, but it's also nerve wracking because man, I, I worked for the guy that I believed in and I wanted to win and I believe, and I worked for those kids in that school. And, and all of a sudden as assistant, man, yeah, you win, you lose, it sucks, but, or you're happy, but it's not the end of the world and pressure's not on you. Well, now the pressure's back on you. And then the constant thing that makes it hard uh, as an assistant filling in is here's what you want to do, but you're constantly running through your mind. Is that what coach Woodson would want you to do? So now you have competing thoughts and sometimes that those things match up, but you know, it, it's really hard. Do you just do what, what the coach wants to do? Or do you just put your flavor on it? And when do you do that? And when do you do what, 
what the game plan was. Um, we we won a game in a similar fashion against a team we should have beat in overtime at a buzzer beater. Uh, and I, I just kind of created – I pulled something out of our old offensive thing that I thought would work, but I don't know that my coach would have done that. Uh, the bottom line is winning the game. But it, it's, it's nerve-wracking because um, – you know, you, you're the assistant, uh, and and you're on big stage, and everyone's watching, and everyone's going to be pointing those fingers, and uh, you're ready for it. But yeah, it's it's a big relief when when you go in that locker room and you jump up and down with those guys for for the win, regardless of who you played or how it should have gone down. It's a it's a huge relief because if you believe in the system, you believe in the program, you want really bad to make sure you do everything you can to help help win and. He'll second guess every decision that he made tonight, but it'll be with the beer and a, and a sandwich, and and it'll be an enjoyable second guessing. I I was two and zero filling in, a two point win on the road at Lebanon, and a, a one point buzzer beater over Taylor Kokomo Taylor in overtime. So uh, what, I'm retired so on the, now. On the so buzzer cool. beater, what was your celebration style? Were you Jay Wright play it cool, Tom Crean adjust yep. your pants, Bob Knight against no. Michigan jumping everywhere? Like what was your style? Yeah. I, I'm an emotional guy, but uh, it, when when I've won a couple sectionals, it's been turn and go sit and let the kids enjoy it. And this one, I just went down to shake the hands of the other coach. Now, the locker room celebration will be one that the kids will remember forever, and I will remember forever, that it will never be shared outside of that locker room. But it was fantastic because it's just not the same. Players players play better when the head coach is there. I don't care how many how good Coach I is. I don't care how good I, I am. The head coach is there for a reason. Uh, and, that, you know, you talked about Minnesota having two guys out. Now your head coach isn't there. Uh, in practice, it's always a, a notch or two lower when the head coach walks in. Boy, everyone gets, you know, straight and narrow. That's just n- nature. And so Indiana had to deal with that tonight, too, uh, that they didn't have the head coach. And whether you like what he runs or doesn't, you know, he has the reins and, and you're used to listening to him. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of relief going to be on that plane. Yeah, plane home and, and I mean, assuming assuming we you know come out Saturday night against Ohio State, Coach Woodson's there, and we see us playing how we've been playing, isn't that reason to not worry too much about the how tonight? Like what right. mattered is the what. Yeah. We got the win, but there were a exactly. lot of things working against Indiana that you could almost predict kind of a sluggish game, and it happened. You know, and they played well enough to take advantage of it. So that's, I just have a hard time. Like, we've come on here and been frustrated after wins and losses this season. I just have a real hard time being anything other than just pretty damn happy we won a Big Ten road game tonight, to be honest with you. So, Coach Marlowe, sorry, I know you wanted to jump in. Well, I, I would just say I kind of had the opposite experience than Coach. I had it was my third or fourth year at lacrosse. Our head coach was sick. I ended up being the coach for the varsity game that night. And, and, you know, I was a young assistant, young JV coach who was wanting to move up. And so I'm thinking, you know, you know, after we lost and, and, you know, I was thinking, you know, not only are you having those thoughts in your own head, but you're like, wow, everybody here is thinking we lost because you're running the show. And you're also thinking, I'm never going to, at least, you know, you're hoping you do a good job because you want somebody else to hire you to run their varsity program. And you're like, well, they're just pr- probably winning any shot I had of getting hired to be a varsity coach anywhere because you think that's, that's the only time you'll ever get a chance. But, you know, so I know what coach is talking about, but I will say, coach, I'm kind of like you, the sexuals I won. The first one I the first one I was probably a little more emotional about because it was such a big deal for us. But the second one, just to sit down and watch the kids celebrate. Yep. 
right, and so let's I go do th- want to talk about Malik. I, I do want yeah, to talk yeah. about Malik real quick because yeah, I, I, I just think that I just thought that he deserved more time in the second half. I I, I thought that coach the coaching staff kind of made a decision that when they got got caught up in that run when it went from forty seven to forty, they just and Minnesota was playing a little small. I think they felt like they had to play, they had to match up a little better with them. And I thought that hurt Malik's minutes here in the second half. But I thought, I agree with everything coach was saying about, you know, I thought Malik played really well in the first half um, and, and really was giving us a lift. So I was a little perplexed by how, how little he played in the second half. Let's go through a couple other meaningful moments, you know, and, and I feel like this uh, play by trace may get lost in the shuffle of just how the game ended. Uh, but it was 57 to 54. Indiana really struggling to, you know, to get looks. And you'll recall the the running one-hander on the baseline that Miller Cop took that probably wasn't the best shot Indiana could have gotten on that possession. And it had been, I don't know, four or five possessions without Trace, you know, getting the ball. And again, you know, the kind of thing that a younger Trace, I think, would have had trouble kind of dealing with. And what he did is he went down on the other end and got an incredible block. You remember Thompson, I mean, had a point-blank layup. And Trace gets an incredible block, which he continues to do without fouling. I mean, it's just an incredible skill that he has. And congratulations to Trace because he broke the all-time block record uh, tonight. So he is now the all-time block leader in Indiana history. But he goes and gets that huge block and then comes down, makes that great cut. Race Thompson finds him, uh, and he skies for the dunk. And that made it 57-56. And I thought that sequence, as much as the sequence later when he gave Indiana the lead, I thought that sequence was huge just to settle Indiana down and give everybody confidence because it really felt like things were teetering on the edge there. Um, and so that was that was really big by him. Um, yeah, and I mean, honestly, we could just go down the list of trace plays because they were all so important tonight. Uh, Coach, any other meaningful moments for you before we move on? <laughs> No, I just think that Thompson kid from Minnesota is going to have nightmares tonight of TJD <laughs> jumping up and swatting his stuff. And that that kid tried to make moves today, but he, he, he he's not on the same playground as Trace Jackson Davis. I don't have any more no, meaningful not. moments. <laughs> he's <laughs> not. Uh, all right, let's talk numbers. I, uh, I think I, Coach I has one. Oh yeah, go coach Marlo. Sorry, I missed that. And, and Jared, you Jared, you briefly mentioned it. I really want to get back to that play Miller Cop made with 20 seconds to go, diving on the floor, loose ball. That to me really was a the the winning play. I know it's easy, yes. it seems easy to say, but if we don't come up with that loose ball and Minnesota gets it back, it's still a 59-57 game at that point and we could have lost on a, a three toward the buzzer. Miller getting on the floor and that might have been the first time all night we were first to the floor. I texted with some of my friends like we can't and i even te- i even tweeted out when you're getting beat to the floor that was always something i emphasize with my teams if there's a loose ball i wanted to see like if it, we were at home i wanted to see a white jersey on that floor first well i didn't see red on the jersey very very often night let alone be all first. night long coach that, all night long yeah. all night long and miller made the play that had to be made he laid out got down on the floor and had enough 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 wherewithal to call timeout so i don't want i don't want to overlook i i felt that was a huge play and then of course we sealed it with trey hitting the free throws that yeah that's a great point um you know i, I started the year not so sold on miller cop and i'm starting to become a, a really 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 big fan of all the stuff that he does besides making shots and i'd like him to shoot more catch ready to shoot but absolutely that is a, a game-winning play and that's an example of you know maybe not playing your best uh i mean he hit some shots passed up some shots and then he gets the ball on the inbounds 
and he breaks a trap, uh, which, you know, again, we've, we've seen Indiana throw that ball away. So there's another Miller Cop play. And then it gets down where, you know, Galloway then makes a winning play. And he had a really bad night uh, other than his one three-point uh, shot. Uh, and, and so, again, are you ready to make winning plays when winning presents itself? Indiana was tonight, despite the struggles offensively that we saw. Miller Cop is, is is what our team is about right now, which is doing everything they can to win. And and kudos to Miller for for that play. Yeah, that's that was awesome. Yeah, just being an unselfish guy. It seems like every game we're coming on here talking about you know a winning play or a toughness play that Miller Cop made. And look, this can lead us into numbers. One guy tonight played forty minutes, and it was Miller Cop. And so I think. Coach Woodson trusts him. You can see that Coach Yaw trusts him. You know, and so and, and there are, you know, a lot of people, you know, why does, you know, why is Miller Cop playing? Well, you know, he's playing because he creates gravity on offense, because whether he's, you know, taking shots or not, we all think he should get more shots. We'd like to see that. But whether he's getting shots or not, you know, he pulls a defender away that helps create space. And he does stuff like that, Coach Marlowe, at the end of the game. You know, when you need someone to make a play like that, he makes it. Uh, and so that's one of those. Like, I don't know, man, you know, the, the head coach, the assistant coach, they play him a ton of minutes. You know, he makes those plays. At some point, we probably just need to trust that there might be stuff in the locker room at practice and little things that happen like that. That's the reason why he's playing, um, you know, and so, you know, he, he was able to contribute tonight. Uh, as we start to look at the numbers tonight, you know, it was not a good shooting night for Indiana. One of the worst ones we've seen. Uh, Indiana, 41.1% from the field, 28.6% from three-point range, only 61%, you know, from the free-throw range. And some of that could just be, you know, a little reversion after some really hot shooting. You know, some of it is, you know, again, you know, Coach, we've kind of used this phrase a couple times this year, competitive focus. You know, it's like you're, you're the motions, like you're playing hard, but you don't have the same level of competitive focus that you brought to Michigan State, you know, or that you brought to Illinois in part, probably just because of a lot of the circumstances of the game. And I think you can see that in some of the shooting numbers. Um, but I thought one of the big numbers, uh, Coach Tonsoni, is turnovers. Um, now, this Minnesota team doesn't turn people over a lot, but it's been a problem for Indiana. And they came out and turned the ball over a lot early. Uh, and they did have a couple of them late, but finished with just the 10 turnovers uh, and had 17 assists. Um, you know, and so I think for the most part tonight, able to, you know, to take care of the ball. Um, and so even though the shots weren't falling, you know, 10 offensive rebounds, not turning it over as much, you're able to get enough volume of shots uh, to do what you needed to do, which is just escape did, with a win. Didn't they have eight? turnovers in the first half I, I i don't have that marked down but i thought it was it was they had seven hold on hold on they had six turnovers uh, yeah. in the first half they were sloppy uh the balls were getting tipped uh passes were not in in this in a shooting pocket or where post players could use them they, they just were uh, a little bit off that you know the zone defense was a good decision by minnesota again we go back to good decisions by minnesota i think that's fair to, to say uh because a predominant amount of college ball is played against man-to-man. And so it takes some time to get into your sets. Well, it took a time for uh, these guards, and, and, and it's a guards game. And our guards did not play well uh, overall. They didn't shoot it real well. They didn't handle it really well uh, at times. And we were saved by, by Trace Jackson Davis. I think that's, that's fair to say. But part of that was that turnovers. But yet, Hood Shafino, 4-1 to one in that uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. But 
you know, there's a way to pass against the zone, and these guys should know it, and they should move the ball, pass fake, and get that ball popping if you're going to go 1-3-1 or try to get the ball into the high post. You still can have an emphasis to get inside. The ball just stuck in our guards' hands too much, staring down the action, which lets the defense settle. Um, you can still move the defense. You know, I've said this over and over again. One of the things that frustrates me about IU's offense, no matter what defense, is that we don't move the defense. Uh, the defense gets to go where they want to, and then we try to just attack where the, the defense is set up with our athleticism. Uh, I just believe in moving the defense. And you can move it with your eyes. You can move it with the pass fake. You can pass with deception. Uh, I, I don't think our guards played well against the zone tonight. Uh, they weren't ready to shoot. Uh, all of that, uh, and that shows up in our shooting percentage. But you can you can tell uh, when teams are fatigued or mentally not there by the free throw shooting. We we had what eighty seven percent or something like that in the eighties against Michigan State. We come out and are in the low sixties tonight. So there's a number that uh, is a focus concentration number um, as well. But uh, the fifty fifty balls are are again a sign of a team that just they just didn't have it tonight. Uh, but we won. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, the 50-50 balls at the end, too, we could have been up seven if we get two rebounds. They get two yep. little, you know, and they, they had like four or five little fumbles around the rim that uh, were, were their baskets. So the number that I like is still with all that. I mean, we gave them 10 points there on just loose ball shots at the rim off of rebounds, and then they hit some incredible shots uh, guarded, and we still held them to point eight nine uh, one I believe – points per possession defensively, which shows that our defense has gotten better since that, that losing streak. And I agree, Coach Marlowe, we fouled too much, and we, we weren't super great in the first half, but I, I thought uh, the attention to detail might have been missing a little bit, but I thought our effort was a lot better than, than when we were losing games, and, and tonight was just more of an offensive struggle. Yeah, and I I'm actually going to correct myself. You know, I mentioned that Indiana was able to, you know, to get the amount of shots they needed, but Minnesota actually took eight more shots than we did because they only turned it over five times. The rebounding battle, you know, we had 11 offensive rebounds, they had 10. But the other number that really sticks out is on layups, Minnesota nine for 23, and that is the impact of Trace's block shots and also just the threat of Trace. And also the fact, frankly, this Minnesota team is not a good offensive team. I mean, they were in the 200s coming into tonight, and that's with Dawson Garcia, who's a pretty good offensive player. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, you know, they kind of did what you expected them to do. They're free, you know, a lot of their shooting numbers uh, are kind of, you know, what you've seen. But just being able to make sure they didn't get easy stuff inside Coach Marlowe was really important. Um, and they did hit some tough shots. Credit to them, you know, for, for making some of those, but not giving them the easy ones. Uh, was a big part of winning. Yeah, I, I thought we got really better at that after maybe the first eight, 10 minutes of the first half. I thought we gave up some stuff inside a little too easy early. And I want to go back to coach's comment because I'm not trying to be a ref complainer, but I really thought that, that it, it, we were flat. I, I agree. But I also thought maybe the way the foul calls went so early. I mean, we ended up with what, seven fouls in the first nine minutes. I think that took away some of the, the, the way we want to play. You know, we want to be an up in your face, physical basketball team. So, but kids have to make adjustments too. They, they can't, you know, when the refs are calling it that way, take a step back and, and don't, you know, don't reach, don't bump, just make an adjustment and, and stuff. And again, I know a couple of those fouls were pretty weak calls. I get that, but you've got to make an adjustment as a player on the floor. The one stat I've kind of, Jared, I'll, I'll piggyback off of your comment, even though Minnesota's not a great offensive team. And, and I mentioned, I didn't think the defense was a plus tonight. 
we held them to 34% for the game, 20% behind the arc. So, you know, I, the numbers are actually going to look pretty good, even though the game ended up being a four point game, our defensive numbers are going to probably look pretty good. I want to piggyback on something you said defensively and with fouling, because it's becoming a theme in recent games for Indiana. But here's the thing about fouling. It is a feature, not a bug of this defense, because we were 13th in the Big Ten in free throw rate allowed last year. Mike Woodson wants you to be physical at the point of attack, whether that's on a ball handler, whether that's on a cutter, whether that's getting through a screen. And so we are going to foul. And, you know, one of the biggest takeaways, there was a recent moving screen pod episode with Rick Boyages, who used to be the associate um, uh, head of the Big Ten. I don't remember what his exact title was, but he was in charge of officiating. And one of the things he said that really opened my eyes was, you know, look, Wisconsin, right, he was using it as an example, right? Wisconsin has this reputation of they don't commit dumb fouls. And then because they have that reputation and because that's how they're coached and they are good at that, like that's part of how Wisconsin plays, well, then it self-perpetuates. And so the officials assume that they're not fouling because they have a reputation for not fouling. And so I think an issue Indiana is going to face now is they are a fouling defense. And so they're okay with some fouling because you want to be physical. It's like, the Seahawks with the Legion of Boom, right? Like they were going to be physical and hold because they knew you weren't going to call all of them and they were going to end up okay even if they got some penalties. Well, that's kind of how Indiana plays defense, but their reputation is going to work against them. And so I think to your point, we've got to be careful picking up a lot of these fouls early, adjusting to how a game is called. You know, fortunately, you know, there was no foul trouble for Jalen and Trey because we can't afford those guys getting in foul trouble and Trace is really good at not doing it. But I do think it's something to watch down the road because you know that is that's the reputation indiana has and refs unfortunately are going to kind of play into that right or wrong and 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 i will say this i you guys know me i've been a big tree galloway supporter but there are times he frustrates me because when he's trying to fight through a screen or trail through a screen he's just grabbing i mean it's an easy call (laughs) at times you know and he's not the only one there's others doing it too but but don't at least I love physical defense. I know about coach. I know when I was coaching the girls here and on the boys side for coaching, we, we were a physical team. We kind of had that attitude that we were going to bump you. We were going to push you. We were going to, we were going to make the officials call the foul. And, and sometimes it got us and we'd had to make the adjustment, but I, the ones that frustrate me are the ones that just seem so obvious where it's right there and you're trying to grab somebody on it. Uh, those are the ones I think can be cleaned yes. up. Got to get your hands off. Be physical yeah. with your with your chest. Be physical with with your legs. Bump them. You're going to get calls that way too. But it does seem like we need better feet. We need to be a little bit quicker on, on our our initial steps with our feet uh, against the you know obviously great ball handlers that you have in college basketball. But we do have a tendency that as soon as we try to retreat or or, or slide or whatever, we we do tend to grab with our hands. C.J. Gunn does it a lot. Malik has a problem with that right now. Trey has a a problem with that. Tamar does that. We are very handsy uh, on our defensive possession instead of, you know, get a hip check. every Those fouls, you know, may be called, may not be called or whatever. But, you know, um, so that'll be interesting to see if we can get better. Still be physical. Still get up on closeouts close because I think that's helped the last four games instead of being way off of our guys and letting them get clean catches for threes and clean catches to redrive the closeouts. Um, the, the defense has been more aggressive in the last four days, but get rid of the f- hands fouling and, and still be physical would be a, a goal, I think, of this Indiana team. All right, coming up on the assembly call as we head into our final segment, we will hand out our Game Balls and Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss a lingering question or two, and then we will look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent, 
Uh, we have some programming news for Thursday night. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Thank you, Nick. You are listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, no matter how late it starts or finishes, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And our final segment tonight is brought to you by our new sponsor this season, True Blood Real Estate, Jim Trueblood, who runs True Blood Real Estate. A longtime friend of mine, the guy that I went to my first NCAA tournament uh, games with. Uh, he is the founder and owner of True Blood Real Estate, and he has been helping people in Indiana buy and sell properties since 2006. And starting this season, True Blood Real Estate is the exclusive and official real estate partner of IU Athletics with a team of talented agents to serve you in Bloomington and throughout Indiana. If you are looking to buy or sell real estate in Indiana, you need to experience the True Blood Advantage. So go to TrueBloodRE.com to learn more. That's TrueBloodRE, and tell them the assembly call sent you. Now, you may be wondering, hey, you usually do that ad read on Thursday nights. Tonight's Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. You guys have assembly call radio coming up. Why didn't you save it for then? Well, here is why. We are canceling assembly call radio for Thursday night, and the reason is because we want all the focus to be on our incredible women's basketball team. Uh, the Hoosiers are taking on Ohio State at home it is maybe the biggest home game and certainly one of the biggest home games in school history. It starts at 8.30 Eastern time, uh, which would have been right smack dab in the middle of Assembly Call Radio. And I got to be honest with you, I want to watch the game. So I don't want to be talking more about the men's team. And we're doing a show tonight anyway. So what more do we really have to say? So we are going to cancel Assembly Call Radio for tomorrow. Uh, but, of course, we encourage everybody to watch the game, wear your home field apparel, watch the game. And then Coach Marlowe, you and Amanda Foster will have doing the work immediately following the game tomorrow, right? Yep. Okay. Yes, we'll be on after the game. Very good. So we don't want to distract from it, and we want to watch our women's team because they are fantastic. So let's watch them, go to the game, cheer them on, put out all the positive vibes. Uh, let's get another big win uh, as Terry Morin's crew you know, marches toward what is shaping up to be the best season in school history. Um, they're just, they're phenomenal. Uh, okay, so let's go on now with our game balls. Our game balls presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services, 23 in honor of TJD, who we may as well just rename this segment after <laughs> because the game ball is going to him again. So is there anything that we haven't talked about yet with Trace today that you guys would like to mention? Because there's not even an argument for anybody else. 
yeah, I'd like to offer True Blood Real Estate a, a new advertisement. Like, Trace can just sit there and go, do you want to buy a house on this block, or do you want to buy a house on this oh, block? How about wow. this block? How about this block? Because I got several blocks that you could buy real estate on, because or, I'm now the or, block or, leader. Uh, the, since, right? Or, he set the record tonight. He did. Or since, he he's, a, since he's like a, or since he's like a double-double machine, maybe they advertise duplexes, you know, that way. Yeah, I, I mean, the... the and he's going to get this, you know, yeah. So and I was trying to think real quick about how to incorporate the environmental uh, ad too, but I, I'm too too tired to have double. But on this block, on this block, it's, he's just, it's golden. I mean. He's fantastic. It, it really is incredible. I mean, he's putting up, like, the kind of numbers that, like, you read about Steve Downing or George McGinnis or, like, Don Schlunt putting up in a game. And it's like. That's, you know, way back then. You don't see numbers like that anymore. Here comes Trace, you know, 15, 20 rebounds, points. I mean, he's just doing it all. Um, and, you know, it's just it's one of the most dominant stretches of basketball in IU history. It really is. And look, you know, how history will reflect on his career in the season is still to be written. So much of that depends on what kind of team success comes out of this. But just in terms of an individual producing and doing what his team needs him to do to win games, we haven't seen this very often. you know. And I get at a school like Indiana to really be on the Mount Rushmores and the all-time greats, you've got to win. And I think Trace probably knows that more than anybody. But what he's doing individually, I mean, you know, our buddy Chris Williams from IU Artifacts, you know, put out a tweet, you know, this is the most dominant stretch of basketball since. And I started going back and looking at, you know, what Cody and Victor did. Well, they had each other, you know, what DJ White did. You know, he wasn't doing, he didn't have the assists. I mean, you pretty much have to go back to what Allen Henderson did in his Big Ten MVP season as a senior. And I think you could argue that Trace, because of his all-around play and the assists, is actually more dominant just in terms of production. But that's the kind of rarefied air that he's up in right now just in terms of the individual accomplishments let's see what happens with the team but what he's doing right now as a player as you said coach you know we've got to savor it because it's just i mean him fully realizing the awesome basketball player he can be is just so much fun to watch and tonight he put indiana on his back and brought home a victory that i don't think any previous iteration of trace would have done but this one did, and his team needed every ounce of it, and he delivered it. This is an obvious game ball for Trace as he just continues uh, to have a tremendous season. I, I don't, I haven't seen it, but someone said there was an interesting quote from Coach Yaw that was uh, on Big Ten Network afterwards. So if you if you've seen it, uh, I'm not watching the chat. If you, you said it, but um, he basically said that uh, he doesn't know that there's 25 better players in the NBA draft, and then said if there was, he would he would do something. Uh, supposedly uh, a great quote. Uh, uh, that former coach I worked for texted me right before I went on the show, so I haven't been able to watch it uh, and confirm. And, and I, otherwise, I would quote it right now. But uh, go back and find it uh, on the Big Ten Network. I think uh, when he was interviewed after the game, mm. but he was praising yeah. Trace Jackson Davis too. So easy choice tonight. Easy choice. Yep. Okay. I, and, yeah. And go. I coach. will still. I will steal this one from the chat a little bit, Jerry, because I have been kind of going back and watching a little bit. Uh, there was a comparison made. And I'm not sure it's an apples to apples comparison, but Trace's season, it may be as good a season. You might have to go back to George McGinnis in 1971 
for as good an overall se- individual season. George had more points, maybe a little more rebounds, but he didn't have near the, the blocks or assists. So I thought that was an interesting comparison as well. I mean, that has long stood as the most dominant single season performance by any Hoosier. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's like 31 points and 15 rebounds. It's just absurd what he did. But this right. is the rarefied air that Trace is playing in where you can actually mention a season like that. And it's not ridiculous because of what he's doing. So it's just uh, it's a joy to watch. OK, let's go to Hoosier Hustle. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, Visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. By the way, I did just find a great quote uh, from Coach Yaw addressing Malik Renew's playing time in the second half, and I'll read that here in a second. Uh, I think he explains it, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, But, guys, let's go to Hustle Award. And this one I do think you can have a little bit of a a debate on. Uh, So, Coach Marlowe, we'll go to you first. Who are you picking for Hustle? I'm going to go with Miller cop mainly. I, I, I know may, a part of us because of that play he made at the end, but I thought Miller came out and really kind of got us off to a good start. He hit a couple shots early and I felt like he was really the only one that seemed to be in any kind of flow at the beginning of the game. And I thought that was big. He played 40 minutes. He was, he, he, he's not the best defensive player, but at least he was doing some, he was trying to guard today. He's gotten a little bit better, at least trying to keep the man in front of him and not look like he's getting lost. Um, and, and also he had three rebounds and two assists. I'm going to go with Miller cop. Okay. Coach Tonsoni. Uh, Miller cop won the game with his dive as coach Marlowe said in, in previous segments. Um, and I agree with everything that he just said to me, uh, when you make a play down at crunch time in a game that, uh, was as tough as this one to, to kind of put us in position to seal it as well as all the other things that, that he does, uh, it, for me, it's Miller cop. Miller cop gets it. I can't really argue with that. And that is his second straight, uh, who's your hustle award. Uh, but I do want to give honorable mention to race Thompson, who I thought, you yeah. know, didn't have mm-hmm. a lot to, you know, to give, uh, just, you could tell, like, he's just, he's not jumping the same, although he did block three shots, you know, and for 23 minutes, you would typically expect more than four points and four boards from race, but the three assists and three blocks were nice. And he had a team leading plus nine tonight. Um, and I thought was demonstrably hustling. Like, it's almost like he was trying to make up for what he knew he lacked, you know, with maybe a little bit of the athleticism, not back, but he was, I mean, really, you know, kind of playing with some of the juice that it almost felt like at the beginning of the year that we didn't fully see from him. And so, you know, he wasn't himself, but I thought he played really, really hard, um, you know, and really seemed to, you know, take the minutes that he was getting and tried to do the most with him. Um, so let me get to this, uh, this quote from Coach Yaw, because obviously, you know, Race Thompson, you know, took a lot of those minutes in the second half that I think some of us thought might go to Malik after what he did in the first half. 
And so here's uh, Coach Yaw's answer on Malik Renew's lack of playing time. He said, quote, he wasn't injured. I think it was a matchup deal. I mean, we put him in the second half. They were playing small, so it was just a tough matchup for him. And actually, when he came off the floor, I talked to him about it. I pulled him to the side, and I said, look, big fella, it's nothing you're doing wrong. But the matchups, they just kept driving us and getting fouls and getting fouls, and we were getting in foul trouble, and we were giving them easy baskets. So we had to kind of downsize a little bit so we could play these guys on the perimeter and switch. I think that gave us the best chance to win, but it was nothing against him. It was nothing he did wrong. He contributed in the first half, and his contribution was great. I'm fully satisfied by that answer, and now yep. it makes a lot more sense to me. Coach Yaw's a dude, man. I like. I'm Coach a Yaw. big Coach Yaw fan. Yeah, I like Coach Yaw. And he won tonight. Man, so. I got to say. <laughs> it wasn't dependent on that. I would have liked him regardless, but it helps. Like – you know, Twitter is never a good gauge of anything because just the selection bias of Twitter and the people who like whine and cry on Twitter. But I could not believe the amount of Coach Yaw, like slander and criticism in my mentions. It's like, do you realize the guy is not the head coach? He's kind of put in a difficult situation and he went on the road and won the game. You know, and I thought managed it mostly well, you know, even though there were some things I questioned, but they make a lot more sense to me now after reflecting on them. Like, come on. Like, I get we're intense and we demand excellence at Indiana and we have a standard and all this stuff. But, you know, we've won four games. We just won one on the road. You know, like we've got to be, I don't know, maybe a little better at dealing with kind of a down performance and just getting through the 40 minutes. Because uh, I don't know, man. I just I, I, I just did not share uh, that same level of consternation. So congrats to Coach Yon getting the win. He was put in a tough spot. You know, he led the guys through it, and uh, and here we go. Hey, so, Connecticut went through the same thing, Jared. Connecticut and Coach Hurley, and had a, and they lost on the road to Seton Hall, and they're 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 in a they're in a downward spiral, uh, and didn't really couldn't use uh, couldn't do that. So when you look at a, a, a assistant filling in. Uh, and winning on the road against the subpar, that, that's, you know, nothing against us as assistants, but we're not the head coach. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people, I mean, some people would bitch if they want a million dollars because they get taxes, and, and, you know, and, and then they'd go on Twitter I, and, and complain. So uh, I, I stay off Twitter <laughs> for the most part. Heck, I befriend guys who have really horrible tweets on, on Twitter, and I get Purdue fans <laughs> telling me to unfriend them. <laughs> the tackleberry tackleberry dude if you're in here listening dude you got a bad rep man I, I said some nice things about his screen name and they came out of nowhere man everyone's dming me and throwing me and all of a sudden the the, the, the hammer guy up here the radio announcer says hey coach you i know you're an iu fan i'm a purdue fan but you don't want to follow that guy so man it, it's toxic we, we we won man come on tackleberry Come on, Tackleberry, we won. Must not be fans of police academy. I was, I was not, hey, I was hey, not I prepared was. for a Tackleberry reference on today's episode, <laughs> but here we are. Hey, but it does bring up a great question, and I saw this in the chat, and I was thinking about this when I saw this. They Coach Ya was coaching tonight because they said he had prepared the game plan. He had done the scout and done the game plan. So does that mean it'll be somebody different on Saturday? If or if Coach Woodson's not available on Saturday, will it be somebody else doing the be the head coach on Saturday because they did the the scout and the game plan? I'd be interesting to see how maybe that works so. on Saturday. Yeah, maybe so. Hopefully, Coach Woodson's back, but you know we'll just have to see. And I guess that leads us into lingering questions: How long is Coach Woodson, you know, going to be out? That's a lingering question. Uh, we don't really know. Um, you know, I, I think the lingering questions for me. 
coming out of this uh, is, you know, I think offensively, you know, guys like Tamar Bates, who now in his last four games has gone 0-0-17-0. You know, will he at any point this season be able to become a consistent scoring threat? You know, I I just thought he really struggled tonight. I thought his defense was really poor in the first half. Um, You know, just not the same level of focus. And we talk about this a lot. Your role players tend to play better at home. Jordan Geronimo, kind of the same thing. You know, with him, you know, he's his role has kind of been yanked around a little bit, you know, and he's kind of been a guy who hasn't done great against zones. um, You know, and so this, you know, this wasn't a great matchup for him. Um, But, you know, I think that just continues to be a lingering question for this team is you don't really know where the offense is going to come from. And you know, so you've got that anchor and trace. And as long as two or three guys step up, everything's going to be okay. But this was almost a night where things weren't okay. Um, you know, because you didn't get it from Jalen. You didn't get it from Tamar. Uh, you know, Trey only gives you five. You know, you don't get anything from Jordan. You know, so I think that's kind of the, the lingering question for me, you know, is in some of these, you know, when you go to Maryland. Like against Purdue, I, I feel like guys will step up. You know, it's going to be a great environment. All role players have played pretty well in those types of games. But when you go on the road to Maryland and some of these other games, you know, who are going to be the guys that can kind of step up in those environments? And that hasn't really revealed itself yet. Maybe it doesn't this season, but I think that's one way for Indiana to go to the next level. And for this to be a 10-11 point win instead of a four-point squeaker is just to have a guy like Tamar step up and hit a couple shots. You know, who can yeah. be that guy? And right now, it we don't have it. So... Yeah, and you got to roll the dice each game. There, there's not a lot of consistency there. Uh, but, you know, I feel for Geronimo. Geronimo's a heck of an athlete. I think he plays his rear end off. I think his uh, understanding of the game at the collegiate level is, is still not where it needs to be to be a solid contributor against all defenses uh, on, on the road maybe. I think that's why he struggles with zone because it's a little more nuanced of, you know, how – it's not just you beating someone athletically or, you know, you, you got to get to the right spots. You got to anticipate, you got to maybe lead. Uh, and, and I think when he, you know, I think he misses some switches on defense too, which is a understanding when to switch and when not to switch. And so he's a work in progress, love his effort, but tonight it was obvious that he struggled on both ends of the floor. And, and when that happens, the coach is going to go elsewhere. And that's when Malik came in and got that good run in the first half, because I think they were somewhat quick to pull uh, a Jordan. So we want that to level out. Uh, we want Tamar to be consistent, not go zero, zero 17, and then a struggle uh, game. And, and Tamar needs to be patient when he gets in a game. I know he comes in, he wants to make things happen, but I think sometimes he tries too hard to take some shots that, and he, then he takes some shots that aren't, aren't really good shots in trying to get going, he, he's got to learn to play with a, a little patience, which is hard. It's hard coming off the bench uh, because, you know, uh, you want to impress and you want to you want to score some points. But uh, he needs to take better shots, in my opinion. Uh, and those are two players we're going to need, uh, especially without race and, and, and then uh, as with race getting back now, but without X. Uh, we, we, you just need that depth. And there's a lot to this game other than just your athleticism and whether you can jump or, or whether you can dribble. You've got to have, know the nuances of the game. That's why Coach Marlowe loves uh, Trey Galloway. And we all, as coaches, love guys like Trey Galloway because they do all those things. We're loving on Miller Cop because they're doing all those things despite, you know, uh, some other areas of, of deficiencies. But, yeah, we need, to, we need to get some consistent play off the bench. That's been the biggest surprise with these injuries that it hasn't manifested 
and that's yeah. the thing. Even Trey has kind of struggled in road games. You right. know, he comes out at the, the first play of the second half where it looks like they have something really nicely designed, and he just launches a pass cross court that gets intercepted. You know, I mean, and you he's got he even like hung his head like, what am I doing? You know, yeah, so he, even he needs to get a he little bit more He leaves his feet solid. to pass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I will kind of go with the kind of a, a 1A and 1B here. The lingering question is, can we get back to where we were? I, I think we will as far as with juice. But can we keep it going? We've won four in a row. And, Jared, you might have this stat. When was the last time we won four Big Ten games in a row? It's, you know, 2019. It used to be we got used to this. Coming off the 12 okay. out of 13 uh, losses, we won four in a row to end that season. So, so a chance now on Saturday to get to five in a row. And I can't tell you, probably what, 2016 was the last time we won five in a row in the league? Probably, yeah. You know, so surely. so I want to see how long we can keep it going. That's kind of the lingering question I got. We won tonight, didn't play our best. We're going to have to play better on Saturday because Ohio State's a wounded tiger. They're, you know darn well they want to try and get the ship right in. Whatever hopes they have for getting back into the NCAA tournament, because I would think at this point right now, they're probably on the outside looking in with at, at three and six in the league. But – can we keep it going? And the other one, the one B here for me is I don't want this to be kind of, I don't want, hope we're not going to get into a Northwestern situation here. If coach Woodson has had COVID they're around each other a ton. I hope we don't get into that situation where all of a sudden now guys are guys or are missing, or we're having to cancel games because we have too many guys or postpone games because we have too many guys not being able to play. Yeah. Logan Duncan did not make the trip today uh, with COVID illness. It seems like any illness that's going to come around, poor Logan's going to get it. Um, he's just he's fought a lot of illnesses in his couple of years at Indiana. So agree with you. Hopefully everybody stays, you know, healthy, um, you know, from a respiratory standpoint and, you know, healthy physically uh, as well. All right. Well, that's going to be a fun game on Saturday night. You know, Coach Marley, you told us a little bit there about Ohio State. You know, they're uh, for anybody who wants a good preview of where Ohio State is, I would recommend the most recent moving screen pod. Uh, Adam Jardy, who covers Ohio State, uh, joined Dylan Burkhart on that. It's a really great kind of deep dive on Ohio State and some of the issues they've had in the state of their program. Um, so listen to that between now and Saturday. Uh, I will not be here for the postgame show on Saturday. I will be with my daughter at a daddy-daughter dance. Um, so that Aww. has to take precedence uh, over the game. But I will certainly uh, have it in the back of my mind that the game is going on and being trying very hard not to check the score so I can come home and watch it uh, afterwards and see if Indiana can uh, can keep it going. So you guys will hold down the fort for me and do a great job, I am sure. Uh, All right. It is late. Let's get to uh, to last call here. Uh, You're listening to the assembly call. Check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code home at checkout to get 15 percent off your first order. Haven't lost a game since I bought this shirt. That's all I'm going to say. Buy some home field. Get the home field magic going. It's working for the men. It's working for the women. So wear your home field uh, tomorrow night when Indiana takes on uh, Ohio State for the women and Saturday night when the men play Ohio State. Uh, Gentlemen, last call. Coach Tonsoni, why don't you go first? Yeah, it's just good to to be back where we're winning games when we're not playing well. You know, we we didn't play well and lost three in a row and everyone was panicking about where this season was going to go. And we're just in a much different place right now, five and four in the, in the conference. Uh, some people have Indiana five seed. We have them a six seed uh, at, at, at Delphi bracketology, uh, which I didn't think was going to be possible. So take a deep breath. Yes, we didn't play extremely well and things were a struggle, but we, you won a game, and you see that throughout college basketball. When you, when you take your eyes off our, the team that we watch and you look at other places, 
Sometimes they come out and play bad for 30, good teams play bad for 30 minutes, and then they find it in the last 10 minutes and, and win a game. Sometimes they hold on. Uh, and, and so it happens in college basketball. And the key thing is winning is hard. Coach Marlowe, you, you know that. Uh, Jared, you, you know that. Winning is hard at whatever level you coach or play at. Winning is hard, and we should never sit here and feel horrible about winning. Uh, it is contagious. It is fun to win. Even on, on nights where uh, there there was some struggle, there were a lot of positives tonight, and uh, we're all, we all can rest a lot easier than if this was the other uh, outcome. So congratulations to the coaching staff and the team. They have really corrected this. We will face another loss, so we need to win. We need to lose well again as fans. It will always be the challenge. Go back and read Jared's article in the uh, – community about we need to be better when we win and we need to be better when we lose because these guys have really done what we've asked them to do and that's dig deep to find the better way to play uh, and so when they stumble we'll show, let's still have their backs uh, when the coaches stumble let's still have their backs we'll criticize them but we'll still have their backs and and watch how we how we criticize is very very important this team has proven that they're in it to win and they're going to keep uh, moving forward even when they have uh, some tough patches well said. Coach Marlowe, last call. Yeah, I, I go back to what I started out at the beginning of the show with. A win is a win is a win. It may not have been the best effort, or excuse me, the best best executed game. As Coach Tonsoni, you know this. You, some nights you find ways to win when it's you're just not very good, and, and you, that's a, a tribute to the team and the program and the staff. Um, I, I, I just want to see us keep it going. I really do. I, I, I really like – and just a diff, what difference what two, three weeks makes. Two, three weeks ago, we were all kind of – the sky is falling and everything was – you know, we were bottoming out. People were literally in the chat talking about going four and 16, three and 17 in the league. And, I, and here we are, five and four, chance to get to six and four. And realistically, we're back on the in my plus minus system, road wins versus home losses. We're back on the plus side. And I and and for everybody else in the league, I think for all the struggles we've had, I think that actually puts us the only other team on the plus side is Purdue. If I remember what I was looking at earlier tonight before the game, I was trying so I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Rutgers but probably is know, too, right? Rutgers might be. I'd have to go back and look, but it's just it's hard to win on the road. Coach knows this. It's hard to win on the road in a league game. And I can't imagine coaching in a college conference where you're going to play each other twice, at least most of the time, twice. They know you. Alabama was struggling with Mississippi State at home tonight and they found a way to win, but they were behind for most of the first half or so by double digits. So it's hard to win. And you got and you shouldn't just find things to nitpick about. We were talking about this a little bit on doing the work the other night. You know, the kid, the girl, the women played so well, but, you know, we're talking about lingering questions with Andy Bottoms. I was happy to have join us that we felt like we were nitpicking, trying to find things to, you know, to, to say or lingering questions, just be happy with a win and let's move on and let's go get the Buckeyes on Saturday. Absolutely. Especially a win on the road. <laughs> Never going to argue yeah. with a win on the road in the Big Ten. I don't care who it's against, how bad they are, who's playing for them. They still have Big Ten level players and you win on the road. You're just happy with it. You know, and, and coach, you're so right. I mean, the tenor has really changed since that Penn State game. And I think, you know, what's happened over these last four games, it doesn't mean that everybody was wrong to be concerned after what we saw against Iowa, Northwestern and Penn State. We didn't know what was going to happen after that. And so, you know, what we knew was that this team was capable of playing better. It wasn't just the injuries. There were more things happening. 
and what we've learned now over the last four games is number one, internally, they were freaking out as much or if not more than we were players only meetings, you know, the coaches switch stuff up, they change the lineup, you know, so it's not like everything just, you know, was the same, they made changes. And so now what we've seen is more of what we expected, which is that this team, even without X and even without race can still do some things and they can get back to playing that kind of defense. Uh, and when you have a player playing, you know, like Trace is, you can win basketball games. And so the season has been settled and solidified and it was kind of teetering on the brink tonight, but they get the win. You've got the four game winning streak and now two really big games against Ohio state and at Maryland. And that game at Maryland is going to be a tough one. I mean, that's a team that can definitely, if Indiana plays like they did tonight against Maryland, they will lose. You know, they're going to have to play better than they did tonight, and they're going to have to do it knowing what's ahead of them, which is two straight matchups against Purdue and Rutgers at home. So it's a really interesting part of the schedule now where you've got a game you're going to be favored in against Ohio State. You've got probably a pick on the road against Maryland, and then your two biggest nemeses in the Big Ten right now, Purdue and Rutgers, coming into your home. And so I can't wait to see what this team has. I think they've done enough, certainly over these last four games, you know, to give everybody confidence, you know, that they're going to be able to attack these next four games, certainly not win them all, but play up to or close to their capabilities, you know, and put a good showing on the floor. And if we play our best and you play your best and your best is better than ours, we tip our cap and we move on, you know, and that's what we're talking about coach where when that happens, now we can come on here and just have a good conversation about what happened basketball wise and not an existential conversation about what's wrong with the program. You know, and so that's where I think, you know, this team has kind of gotten back to and, and gotten things back on solid ground. And hopefully they keep winning because winning's fun. <laughs> Even winning ugly is fun. Winning by 10 is fun. Winning ugly is fun. Uh, let's just keep finding ways to win uh, and keep having fun because this last stretch has definitely been much more enjoyable uh, than the first part of January. All righty, that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show. And special thank you to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. And thank you, of course, for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Saturday night after IU Ohio State. Until then. Take it from me, Thomas Bryant. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. But Coach Marlowe will be back tomorrow night to talk IU women's basketball after the Ohio State game. All right. Let's I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come, Mrs. Tonsoni. There's no chance Mrs. Tonsoni is still awake. No. <laughs> <laughs> but how about some carrots for you tonight? No. No. It's, hey, uh... I don't like carrots. <laughs> Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.